Blog Talk Radio. I've been looking forward to this one all night. If he can make the tag, and he does in this time, the ref sees it, and McBride is in the ring, and he's going to work. Referee has lost total control of this match. He just caught him. That's it. Power driver covers him. Two count. Three, and it's over.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Joe Allen Show live here. I'm Joe Allen, your host, and my co-host, Barry Bull, standing by. Barry, welcome to this broadcast, a very special episode here as we discuss and give our thoughts and memories of the life and career of Bobby the Brain Heenan, a one-of-a-kind, and you and I grew up watching this manager at ringside. What a guy. What a superstar. And uh, welcome to the show this week. Well, thank you. It's uh, a little bit different. Uh, certainly had not planned to have this kind of show for this week until we got the unfortunate news over the weekend. But, you know, he had been uh, sick for quite some time. And, uh, you know, it's um, it's unfortunate what he went through the past couple of years. You know, it's somebody I, I was reading or or maybe I saw it <clears throat> online somewhere somebody said you know how ironic was it that you know the man who taught the greatest you know as a manager uh in terms of giving promos you know doing the announcing commentating ended up with a disease like throat cancer that basically took his voice away from him and uh yeah it's sad it's sad what he went through the last couple years of his life but what memories he left behind uh, and what a legacy he left behind too. And you're right. I mean, as you mentioned, he was probably the greatest um, in his craft, and it's going to be hard for anybody to to walk a mile in his shoes. Well, when you think about Barry, the greats in this industry, when it comes to managing and broadcasting. And uh, well, multiple broadcasting duties. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't. You know, it's an art form that that no longer exists. Paul Heyman is about as close as it gets in 2017, and has been for quite some time to that old school manager that would come to the ring and stand outside and be that on-screen presence representative for his client, for his athlete, for his wrestler. And Bobby the Brain Heenan did it better than anybody, in my opinion, including Heyman. Uh, just, well, the two are just really not comparable together. Heenan come from a totally different perspective uh, than Heyman does. Um, Heenan carried with him a, a comedic side that was second to none. Um, he just never seemed to miss a beat. You couldn't catch him off guard. Uh, his humor was just, uh, you know, it's like he said in, in, a, in an interview I watched this week with him, a, a, a previous interview, many, you know, I won't say many years ago, several, several years ago, um, before the, I want to say probably either before the cancer or just as he had gotten the cancer. But uh, he was still in very good shape and very good condition, and he had, he had said, how can you lose if you're known as the brain? And you're a heel, because if you if you get it right, you're the brain. If you get it wrong, well, people expect you to goof up because you're the brain. So he had a tremendous gimmick, uh, provided us with many memories. Fans, we're going to be sharing some of those this out this broadcast. We're glad you joined us, and um, I tell you, the whole show is being devoted to discussion and thoughts of the memory of Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, we may not go the full 30 minutes, I'm not sure, but uh, I just felt it appropriate to 
just give it to Bobby tonight. And uh, he, being he was my favorite personal, my personal favorite manager, probably yours. Uh, I mean, when you consider the managers, Barry, of that time, or really any time, Captain Lou Albano, manager of several, dozens it seemed like, of champions. And nothing taken away from the captain. He had his place in the annals of wrestling history. But Bobby the Brain Heenan never had a champion until Rick Rude came along, uh, won the Intercontinental title from the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania Five, And then later um, that year, um, in the summer of, of uh, the same year as WrestleMania Five, eighty nine, 89, uh, 1989, the Brain Busters came and defeated Demolition, ended Demolition's record-setting uh, run as the tag team champions. That was Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson as the Brain Busters. Before that time, Bobby hadn't had any championships, but yet he was still regarded as the greatest manager ever. In a in the in a profession like professional wrestling, how can you how can you be the greatest and really not manage champions? That should tell you the impact, the value of Bobby the Brain Heenan. Well, he he brought so much more to his stable of wrestlers than just them winning championship belts. I mean, you know, really the gimmick for the longest time. Um, surpassing his character gimmick, I guess I could say, was the fact that for many years, his number one goal was to beat Hulk Hogan and win the World Heavyweight title from Hulk Hogan. And he brought in several big, big wrestlers to try to accomplish that. You know, King Kong Bundy, uh, WrestleMania 2, Andre the Giant, WrestleMania 3. And you know, he had, um, I think, Hercules at one point, uh, Big John Studd, of course. I mean, he had all these big guys going after Hogan for the title, and they never won. But in a way, it didn't matter. It was just what he brought to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's kind of hard to, in a way, to put into words, you know, even even what I'm trying to say in that regard. But because, you know, in today's wrestling, it's about winning titles. You know, Paul Heyman considers himself to be a successful manager because he's managing Brock Lesnar, who is the universal champion. If he managed somebody who never won a title, he wouldn't be considered successful. But, you know, we're sitting here having a conversation about Bobby Heenan, one of the greatest managers of all times. And until Ric Flair came to the WWF, he had never managed a World Heavyweight Champion. Unless he managed one in AWA, which I've got to go back and, and look, because I do know he managed Nick Bockwinkel for a while. So, Well, he kind of reformed the Heenan family with Nick uh, in the AWA. He was there from 1979 to 84, so a five-year stretch before coming to uh, the WWF, but uh, World Wrestling Federation in, in 84. Stayed there all the way until 1991, Barry. And uh, that is where he gave us the memories that we have. Um, just um, pretty incredible. Pretty incredible deal. Um, are you there? 
lost you for a little bit. Uh, something happened to my phone, and anyway, my connection okay, got I lost, but I am back. Um, didn't quite hear exactly well, what you said. Well, I seen you here in the in the queue. It said caller dropped. I'm like, what in the world? Then I seen your number, and it was muted. I'm like, oh my goodness, what did I do? So, uh, but anyway, um, sometimes those things happen. Um, no, I was just saying that Bobby, uh, he did uh, reform the Heenan family with Nick Botwinkle. He was in the AWA from 1979 to 1984. Before that time, he was in Georgia Championship Wrestling for, for a brief period of time in 1979. And um, that was kind of his, well, I'm kind of going backwards. Let, let's, let's start from the beginning, 1974. You know what else happened in 1974, Bull? Yeah, Joe I was, was born. born. Wasn't that a great year? Would you stop? Joe Allen was born, pal. What? Well, so was I. <laughs> in 1974, Bobby began working in the American Wrestling Association, the AWA. Um, he joined um, the AWA full-time in 74, managed the team of Nick Bockwinkle and Ray Stevens. Uh, Bobby Duncombe Sr. joined within the next year, forming the first version of the Heenan family. Uh, he went on later to manage the Black Jacks, Lanza, and Mulligan. Heenan led his members to many title reigns, including the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. So there you go. And the AWA World Tag Team Championship before leaving the AWA in 79 to join Georgia Championship Wrestling. So in 1979... Heenan moved on to Georgia Championship Wrestling, and I remember Heenan in Georgia Championship Wrestling. And I remember him coming. I used to go to the Bell Auditorium in Augusta, Georgia, every Monday night with my great aunt and my pa would take me every Monday night. They'd sit in the same balcony seats every Monday night. And back then, Barry, you didn't have a single entrance where you had heel and face come out. You had two separate entrances. You had this. If you can picture, of course, you you know what it looked like. The bell, the old Bell Auditorium had this stage where you had productions, but when it was with when it was for wrestling, you had this big old gigantic curtain cover the stage area, and you'd have the heels come out and down the steps of one side of the stage, and you would have the faces come out and down the steps of the other side of the stage. It was a very unique setup. Of course, back then, the the you know. The two were, they they ne never crossed paths. They never traveled in a limo together. They never traveled in a car together. They never traveled on a plane together. You didn't see them in person. You didn't see them out eating together. That's just how wrestling was, and uh, which is one of the reasons why guys like you know Ole Anderson and several others are bitter today because it seems like Vince McMahon came in and made everything so mainstream and um, you know renamed it basically entertainment. But uh, that's how it was back in those days. But I remember Bobby the Brain Heenan with his blonde, bright blonde hair coming out and those lights in the Bell Auditorium hitting his head. It was just so shining. He was a heel, and I was like five or six years old, man. It was off the charts um, exciting to me, and I just despised him because back then, you know, five or six years old, you're like, you know, these are this guy's are really a bad guy. You don't you don't really know a whole lot about the business at that time. You're just in it to watch the wrestling. But um, there he uh, formed a second version of the Heenan family in Georgia Championship Wrestling, uh, where Blackjack Lanza remained in a stable. 
Uh, Heenan received new members in the mass superstar, Killer Carl Cox, Professor Toru Tanaka, and Ernie Ladd. Now, there's a version of the Heenan family. Um, he led this version to numerous title reigns before he left GCW to head to the AWA, where he managed Nick Bockwinkel, Super Destroyer Mark II, Ken Patera. He first, and a lot of people don't know this, he managed Ken Patera before the WWF days. But uh, Patera joined the Heenan family there in the AWA in 82. And then Mr. Saito became part of the Heenan family toward the end of Heenan's time in AWA. And then came 84. So 10 years in the business prior to his introduction into the WWF where his career really, really took off. And he managed guys like Big John Studd was his first uh, debuted in 1984 in September of that year um, as Studs manager. Um, Jesse Ventura was originally, maybe, maybe I should have done trivia tonight for you, Bull. Um, Jesse Ventura was originally supposed to be the first member of the, of the WWF version of the Heenan family, but he was forced to retire due to health problems. So the whole Heenan-Ventura combination never Never was realized, but Stud officially became the first member of that uh, of the WWF's version of the Heenan family, and it wasn't long before Patera joined them. And so you had Stud and Patera, and I'll never forget um, when they cut Andre the Giant's hair. Watch that on a replay on a USA Network on All American Wrestling, and uh, it was just at that time something you just didn't see. I mean, here's Andre the Giant. And Heenan and Stud and Patera were cutting his hair. And then later on, you know, Bundy was added in 85, and they went after Andre, broke Andre's sternum. I just remember these things so vividly. Heenan's days in the WWF were so vivid for me. He was just that good. He made me remember so much of this stuff. And then when I go and do research on it, all these floods of memories come back. Um and uh, so they went after uh, Andre, um, and then uh, Adrian Adonis came in, and then Missing Link came in, and then there was some trading off with Jimmy Hart, and um, and then along with Stud, as you made mention of earlier, and Bundy went after Hulk Hogan and Tony Atlas and different guys. Um, so those were the early days of Bobby the Brain Heenan. So. Fans, we're going to continue our talk and discussion about Bobby the Brain Heenan. When we come back after this commercial break, stay with us here on The Joe Allen Show. We'll be back in just a moment. If you like professional wrestling, a little bit of humor, and a whole lot of good old-fashioned talk radio fun, tune in to The Joe Allen Show Thursday nights, 11 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. The latest news on indie wrestling in the Carolinas. The most intriguing topics in wrestling are up for discussion. And some of the top rookie and veteran ring talent will become my special guest. It's all that and a whole lot more every Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Joe Allen Show, live on Blog Talk Radio. And be sure to follow Joe Allen on Facebook and Twitter at Joe the Announcer. Thank you. 
speech in 2004 and I never will forget it I laughed so hard I mean I I went back and, and looked at that clip just that part of his speech over and over and over again because it was just so funny how he you know accidentally said WWF and they bleeped it out and then yeah. he took advantage of it and <laughs> that's what that's what made him great God rest his soul well, you know a, a lot of a lot of the humor that I do some of it kind of parallels stuff that he would do. Um, I'm not trying to mimic him or, or um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, mimic. Anyway. Yeah, well, no, I said mimic. But um, well, I understand what you're trying to say. And you and I both, having grown up with these guys like Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, you know, a lot of things that we say right here on the Joe Allen Show Bull come from that era. I mean, it's not like we're trying to mimic it, but it's what we loved. It's what we cherished as wrestling fans. And, um, you know, I didn't come up with the whole, will you stop? That that comes from Gorilla Monsoon getting on to Bobby the Brain Heenan because I loved it so much, and it's kind of filtered over into part of the Joe Allen show, part of this broadcast, you know, part of who I am as a wrestling fan from those very impactful days. Um, so you're right. And I'm glad, I'm glad you played that clip that to, to me and, and you always are biased to your favorites, but of all the years of the WWE hall of fame, there have been some very good hall of fame speeches. But to me, the year that Bobby, the brain Heenan in 2004 was inducted into the hall of fame will be one of the most memorable speeches ever that ever happened. And, and I think if they would have, you know, not too long after that, they started kind of featuring one primary Hall of Fame member each year. And I think if they would have been doing that that year, I think Bobby the Brain Heenan would have been the guy. Very good, very inspirational speech, and I loved it. Still one of my favorites. May be my favorite. Uh, there's been some good ones, but that was that was right there at the top. But uh, Bull um, Bobby kept on. Um, you know, but Stud and Bundy, kind of something you said earlier, he never really went, didn't really have to go after championships. He was just such a good manager at making and building stories without titles. Bundy and Stud really never seriously competed for the tag team titles. They were kind of tied up with 
Stud, I mean, uh, Andre and Hogan there for much of that tag team's existence. I do remember on an, on an episode of Saturday Night Main Event, Stud and Bundy did take on the British Bulldogs, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, or some event. Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, so they did challenge for the title, but, uh, you know, the big machine, I don't know if you remember the big machine and the Hulk, Hulk machine and the big machine and the giant machine. So the machines kind of took Stud and Bundy's time for a while. And uh, so Heenan didn't need titles. But then, of course, Harley Race came into the picture, the king of wrestling. And then Paul Orndorff came into the picture. And uh, then Hercules came into the picture. Um, Let's see, who else here? I'm running down. Haku and Tama, the Islanders, came in 1987. Uh, Then Ravishing Rick Rude came on the scene and... Uh, Bobby took him. Um, let's see, several, several wrestlers. Let's see here. He had some business with Ted DiBiase. He even had, hey Joe, hey Joe. He even had the Red Rooster and the Brooklyn Baller. Well, there you go. There's a couple others that kind of rounded out. Um, that was 1989 Brooklyn Brawler. Um, you said it. Uh, that was Steve Lombardi, and then the Red Rooster Terry Taylor. Bobby wasn't really too fond of Terry Taylor. I thought it was a great angle. I, I loved it. I, um, I it was it was a little and there again, no title involved. Didn't need a title with Bobby Heenan. He was just too good at, at what he did. So, um, anyway, you know, my, one of my favorite. And you know, and you know Bob, I, and, uh, well, I don't mean to interrupt real quick, but I'll say this: up to this point, you know, we've been focusing mostly on his managerial career. But man, what about his commentary? I mean, you're talking about a Bobby killer was, commentator. Well, Bobby knew how to – he was very, very biased. Uh, and sitting beside Gorilla Monsoon, didn't matter if it was Monsoon, didn't matter if it was Vince McMahon, didn't matter if it was uh, uh, Sean Tony Mooney, Schiavone. Tony Schiavone, didn't matter who he commentated with, he could do it. He could outshine them and just kind of give us at the same time not only help build the story, but give us comedic moments we'll never forget. I'll never forget my favorite, one of my favorite, I say one of, there's so oh, many. Oh, I know, I, it's, I know it's coming. <laughs> one of my favorite ones of all time <laughs> is, on a, is on the closing episode of Saturday night's main event. And he and Vince McMahon are closing the show. It was the same night that the Mega Powers met for the first time. Savage and Hogan shook the hand. Savage had, had wrestled Honky Tonk Man for the Intercontinental title and the, the whole smashing over the head with the guitar and Elizabeth coming in and getting Hogan and all that. Well, they're closing the show. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at the end of Saturday Night Main Event, they always had like two or three commercial breaks right in a row, and then they kept coming back. Well, they come back for the final time, and Vince says, all right, ladies and gentlemen, for Bobby the Brain, he and I'm Vince McMahon, and Bobby interrupts him. He says, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't need you to say goodnight. I can say goodnight myself. And Vince says, well, say goodnight. And he says, well, don't you tell me what to do. <laughs> and he never said goodnight. <laughs> oh, that's one of my favorites of all time. Do you have a favorite, Bull? Well, actually, I thought the one that you were going to say was, and I forget who was wrestling him. But the executioner moment. When oh my goodness! I, I, I forget <laughs> who was wrestling the executioner, 
But they did a move, and when he landed, his legs were basically up against his body. And Bobby even said, oh, was it Bret Hart? Okay, I, I couldn't remember. Yeah. But Bob, I do remember yeah. this. Bobby Heenan saying, oh, look at the executioner. He's all beside himself. Commentator, oh my goodness, commentator, manager. uh, He did primetime wrestling. He did uh, superstars of wrestling. He did wrestling challenge. Um, He did Raw. Uh, What a memory. There'll never be another one like him. Our 104th episode featuring Bobby the Brain Heenan is coming to a close. Fans, I... Mm. It's just tough to lose, uh, even though, you know, Bobby Heenan's not been Bobby Heenan for a long time. But it's still tough to just think about losing a guy that you kind of grew up with, who kind of helped you grow up in professional wrestling. And to his family... He's left behind and all of his friends. We certainly leave our condolences. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, of all time, Bobby the Brain Heenan. So long, my friend. Barry, we'll talk to you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Joe Allen for Bobby for Barry Tapping the regard to WrestleMania 3 at the Silverdome back in Pontiac, Michigan. Now, all of a sudden, you have demanded, you haven't insisted, a promoter's a non-title bout for Hulk Hogan against your man, Hercules. What do you got up your sleeve? Oh, I've got a lot up my sleeve. You see, I'm saving you, Hogan. You take a cat, and you put a parakeet in there with him, and all the parakeet does all day long is try to survive. And the cat knocks all the feathers off the bird. And then that little, little, little yellow bird stands there and shivers and freezes. See, Hogan, you're that yellow bird. Andre the Giant is that big cat. And all these other feathers are the, thing I'm, the things I'm planning. I wonder if we can talk wrestling here instead of canaries. Sure, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about, but don't talk to me about it. Gotta love him, man. Gotta love him. <laughs> so long, Bull. <laughs>